And happy Tuesday, Lima Land. Welcome into the Basement Doctor Studio. Uh, John Cook and Garrett Seawright, Cookie and the Monster, with you from 4 to 6 every day. Garrett, I have another word for the day. The word for today, oh for, for today's show. Lots to do. A lot going on. Only a two-hour show. Uh, the word for today is discipline. We got we got to try to have some discipline in our topic conversations, topics of conversation, and try not to stray too far because there is so much information that I that I I I don't know. I don't know how excited people are about the baseball postseason. I don't know how much buzz there's still going out around about the Urban Meyer situation. I don't know how excited people were by what they saw on Monday Night Football last night. Um, and and we are only you know 48 hours away from the next NFL game. And by the way, we are in what week eight of the high school football season. Um, th- there's just a little bit going on. So I'm, I'm going to try to call for a little bit of discipline in the way we approach things today because we've got a show sheet that for a Tuesday is surprisingly full. Yeah, there's a there. You could make the argument that there's some stuff going on um, uh, just in. Basically, just in baseball, let alone in college football, in the NFL, and high school football, and everything that we're going to talk about today. So we will have some discipline. Uh, there will be some talk about discipline for some of our topics. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's a good word of the day, John. Well, I think it is. I think we're going to, and I'm the guy that's bad at it. Like I'm the guy that gets us to football at five fifteen at five eighteen every day, and uh, and and the 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 breaks, you know, they're out there, and I know we got to get to them, and sometimes I can't quite. Keep yeah. us where we need to be. But, suggestions. Uh, they are. They are somewhat. Although those, those hard outs are a little tougher, to, <laughs> a little tougher to ignore. Um, I I just it, it needs to be a football heavy show because it does because it's well by God it's October, but I I didn't realize until I sat down and really looked at it today because as we all know it's been talked at at great length on these airwaves. I'm a pretty bitter Reds fan. So it, it, it steers me away from really investing in the sport of baseball, which is a sport I genuinely like. I don't know if I'd say I love it. I did one time. But there's some real meat into the game that is today. Oh, <laughs> and, yeah. and, and the entirety of the American League playoff is, is borderline ridiculous. Uh, the National League just about as much. So I'm going to kind of commit myself to the notion that since the American League starts tonight, I'm going to talk about the American League today. We're going to give some predictions, so I'll get to everybody. But as far as any real discussion and actually kind of breaking it down at all or previewing it, I just got to stick to the American League because there's so much good information that if I try to do both today, the National League's tomorrow. We can get to that tomorrow. Well, the um, the, the American League tonight is Yankees-Red Sox, that you'll hear here on 93.1 The Fan. And uh, don't know if you're aware, but the last couple of times that they have gotten together in winner-take-all playoff games, it has been... Quite the interesting, uh, interesting developments every time they, they go at it. So hopefully we get that tonight. Hopefully that's the that's the case. But well, one one of the greatest things and one of the worst things about the Yankees and the Red Sox playing is we get to get into that radio that 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 juicy low hanging fruit sports radio conversation that a lot of people do of is this the best rivalry in all of sports. And and that's I don't like those conversations. It's the best See, one, it's the I, best one that plays tonight. So that's good enough for me. I don't. This could be a hot take. I don't. I, I don't believe that there are professional sports rivalries for the most part. I, I don't. I don't believe that 
the Yankees really care all that much about the Red Sox. I don't believe the Red Sox really care all that much about the Yankees, the players on the field. I think the front offices care, the fans care. The, the fans, yeah, the fans the, drive the, it all. The managers might care. But do, you, do I believe I think- that Aaron Judge, just gets he, his blood just gets pumping when he sees Nathan Evaldi? No, not really. I, 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 don't, I don't believe that. Mine wouldn't, because I couldn't pick Nathan Evaldi out of a lineup. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I, just, I, don't, I don't know what he looks like. I've, I've heard they, him pitch. I've listened to him on radio a little bit. Like I just I don't I don't buy that those two teams, the actual guys who are on the field, really honestly truly hate each other with a deep burning passion about Thousand Sons. I don't I don't buy it. However, but but the the historic significance of the rivalry is oh, undeniable. Correct. And the the gravity of the moments that this rivalry has enjoyed uh, it, it is pretty significant. Do I do I think it belongs in the conversation with the Lakers and the Celtics? If we only talk professional sports rivalries, uh, you know the, the 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 Steelers and the Browns, or once upon a time the Steelers and the Cowboys. Yeah, you know, like um, basically everybody in the new in the NFC East hates each other. It's the Eagles and the Washington Football Team. Like, I don't think either of those teams circle that game on the calendar. Like, oh, you better watch out! It's the football team versus the Cowboys, and Dak Prescott's going to be ready to go for this big matchup. Well, they only do it seventeen times a year. Every game's a big matchup. Well, and I do think you have to separate professional sports rivalries from other sports rivalries as well, because there is a difference. The college campus is a whole different deal. Right, right. And, and, and to the fans, it may not be that, that much different, but it is, to me, it's just a different deal. But I, I would say this. I have a deep level of respect for and a certain level of interest in the rivalry that is Red Sox and Yankees. And tonight is interesting because they just played 162 games, and the only thing that matters is what they're going to do tonight. That is it. <laughs> yeah, it essentially the entire summer where in really both squads if you go back and look at um some some twitter especially like on old takes exposed uh freezing cold takes you can see where people have written the other one off for like your playoff chances are done on july 4th and things like that to where now they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna play tonight in the playoffs which is funny because i was told that their playoff chances were over on july 4th so yeah. uh, even as far as um, going up to you know the start of September or mid September, there were you know the Yankees aren't the talk was the Yankees aren't going to make the playoffs. They are not going to get in. Well, we will talk in we more. Are. We will talk in much more detail about the American League Wild Card and preview that uh, in, in a later segment as well. But uh, did you happen to stay up and watch any or all of the twenty-eight to fourteen Chargers hanging on to defeat the? Previously unbeaten Raiders last night. I turned it on, and when I turned it on, um, I don't remember what I was doing, but I sat down at eight fifty p.m. and I flipped it on. <laughs> they and, were uh, just they, about to they, kick off, right? As it was, as it was starting up, you know, they didn't have the graphics on the screen yet, and it was going to kick off. And I was like, "Oh, somebody like I, I guess the the Raiders must have scored or something." And then they're like, "So after the the delay, here we go." And I was like, "Wait, what?" Like it's almost nine o'clock and this game's about to kick off. And so then I started I pulled up the tweet machine and started looking and like, how the hell you got a lightning delay when you're in your indoor stadium? I have I have no comprehension of what happened because they never really revisited it, or if they did, I didn't have my sound up on and was I believe the north end it. of the stadium is open air for the fans. Uh, although there is a top to the stadium. The north end of the stadium, I believe, is open air for the seating and for the fans and the concourse area. And for that reason, with the lightning in the area, they delayed the game. Gotcha. I don't know if I buy that, but that's 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 what I was. So was my understanding. This might it might be a question you 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 don't have the answer to. I don't know. So since that 
end zone is open air, does that mean they can't host the Final Four? I would like, say probably. Yeah, like I yeah. because there's I, yeah. I've I've been somewhat looking into this lately because you know the Chicago Bears are going to move from Soldier Field supposedly out to 40 miles away from Chicago that they're going to build this stupid ridiculous stadium and people in Chicago are pissed and I don't understand why because the, the Bears are going to build this ridiculous state of the art facility where it's going to be a you know a, a retractable roof so they can host the Final Four in a Super Bowl. And people are pissed about it, and I don't understand it. But right now, there's like 12 cities in the United States that can host the Final Four every year. You just don't think about it because they rotate them enough. But there are 12 places in the United States that can host the Final Four. So I was just wondering, wait a second. So can Los Angeles, did Los Angeles build a stadium that they can't host the Final Four in? Well, if you're Los Angeles, I mean, until last, re- until last year, did you have reason to be wondering if one of your squads would make it to the that's, Final Four? That's true. Need, need to be playing? Now, last year would have put a damper on that. But I thought I thought the game was pretty good. I was shocked to see a halftime score of 21 nothing. And for those of you that might care, and it's probably nobody, but like I got off the air last night and I met my son and my two youngest kids for dinner here in town and then i had to go to the grocery and by the time i got home from the girl like so it, it was it was it was borderline halftime before i got to turn the show on because i'm an ncis guy and that's one thing my wife and i do is we watch ncis <laughs> so by the time i got home it was time for ncis watched it then went back and tried to watch the game 21 nothing at the half uh the raiders came out in the second half kind of got after it a little bit i was really hoping they would because i needed darren waller to get me 13 points so i could win my fantasy game yesterday yeah you know, he didn't Hit me 13 points. <laughs> like, and so he didn't. He got a touchdown late, and I was kind of excited. Could he get one more? But didn't really happen. Um, there is so much, so much discussion about the greatness of Justin Herbert. I heard someone say today, a reputable sports radio personality say, I'm here to tell you Justin Herbert is as good as Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, let's made, me, made me wonder, could we make that a poll question? <laughs> um, no, because I think the overwhelming majority, like you're talking like 90% say no. And also, Twitter polls aren't working again today. I noticed uh, that. Urban really screwed up it's, it's Twitter right. yesterday. Yeah, it pissed me off. Um, I, that's, that's, a bit, that's a bit much. He's not as good as Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I think he's a very good young quarterback and something we'll talk about. You're coming up in about 10 minutes or so of who you're taking if you can start your franchise today with a young quarterback. I, I'm looking forward to that conversation as much as I want to talk baseball and dive into some of these juicy numbers around tonight's game. I don't and, know and, that Justin Herbert is on par with Patrick Mahomes. I think that's one of those people saying dumb stuff just to say dumb stuff. It was greeny. I, well, uh, <laughs> I, I, I assumed who... It was greeny. I don't listen to greeny much during... Ah, I kind of like Mike Greenberg. I like his presentation style. I think if I were to meet Mike Greenberg in person, I would probably come away saying, I don't need to ever speak to that guy again. Yeah, like... He just maybe he's a really really nice guy, but I just I have a bad taste in my mouth for the way I think things went down with Golick, oh, and, well, and yeah, any yeah. guy who will admittedly state I know that I'm arrogant if he says that publicly and then you know does things to downplay his level of arrogance through his his on air persona the chances are his off air persona is pretty much yeah, there, unbearable. There used to be a nice young man who hosted this radio program who God rest his soul used to say, "Well, I'm a diva." And I would say, if you say that sentence, maybe work on it. Maybe maybe don't be. Well, I'm a diva. Maybe stop it, then. If you are aware of that, let's cut that out, please. Uh, we, need, we need a moment every day of something. That, that Vince well, you know, John, say. I'm a diva. I, I would have never argued with him, not once. No, 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 not it's once. true. And if you know that, let's, let's cut that out. 
time for us to take a Don Jiggis Jeweler timeout. God love you. We are going to come back and do our quote-unquote questions of the day because since nobody sponsored poll questions and since Urban <laughs> since Urban broke the broke internet the yesterday, the tweet machine's no longer working to, to do polls, but we will do questions of the day. We'll get to that and so much more on today's edition of Cookie and the Monster. John Cook and Garrett Seawright on the fan. You know, Garrett, we haven't had any good breaking news since Clay Helton got fired. We're due for something. Uh, the Browns have signed a practice squad guard whose name I can't pronounce. All right. Just moments ago. Okay, I, well, I, I if the Browns tell. are active, we're going to let people know. But you're really good at the whole name thing. Is he not Samoan or what? Um, I, To be honest, I, I don't know what... It, oh, I'll tell you what. I don't, take a shot. Jalte Froholt. <laughs> like he's, some sort of, he's some sort of Viking. Like He's got Nordic tattoos... <laughs> He apparently played for the New England Patriots at some point because that's the picture. It's H-J. That's two consonants back-to-back, so that's a no. H-J-A-L-T-E. So it's Halte, 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 Froholt. It sounds like it's got something stuck in somebody's right, throat. Right, like <laughs> when you get it out, you say, bless you. Yeah. Oh, they give you Yelda, Yelda. How in the hell do you get Yelda from H-J-A-L-T-E? The guy's first name is Yelda Froholt. So I got the second name right. Yel, you got the Yel, so they gave you a pronunciation guy? In the yeah, when you click on it. The Cleveland Browns have signed Yelta Froholt, pronounced Yelda. How in the hell? How in the hell is that Yelda? I man, he doesn't even have he don't even have good initials to go with like HF. That's that's not good. Right. That's not good. Okay, well, the, that's, that's your breaking news that's for today. Way news. to go right here yeah, yeah. on Cooking the Monster. We have breaking news. We hadn't had any since Clay Helton got fired, so today was a good day for breaking news. Hey, we're presented by Jerry Lewis McDonald's. As always, uh, you can apply at work at mcd.com. Work today and get paid tomorrow at Lewis Family McDonald's. And this is the Basement Doctor Studio. We appreciate you joining us. Garrett, we don't have poll questions because Urban Meyer broke Twitter. He did. So what do that, we have today in place of poll questions? Alternate angle yesterday took down, <laughs> took down Twitter. <laughs> The oil check. The alternate the angle. Oil, oil, oil check yesterday video. All right, all right. Hurry up, read questions because we are getting off the rails in a hurry. Uh, People we, are going to go Google alternate angle and alternate oil check. Alternate angle oil check. <laughs> we're, we're already off the, off the rails. It's gone. We have derailed. Uh, all right. Read Twitter. Which team in the American League playoffs do you want to see fail the most? Because I feel like there's so many options. There's so many options. Nothing sums up me as a human more than how do I go about my sporting interests? Who do I greatly, who right. do I who more do, greatly want to see yes. fail? Who do I, who's, who do I want to see crash and burn? In these? Because you might think Yankees. I don't know. Which would always be a fair answer. Right. You might think Red Sox. Fair answer. You might think Chicago White Sox and Tony La Russa's crusty old tail, who everybody hates. And then there's the Houston Astros. There are so many options for hatred in the American League playoffs. Who can root against the Tampa Bay Rays? No one, I would deduce. Which, so, re- which leads me to my next question. Why is it that, that they're never a betting favorite of any kind in the American I, League? I, don't, I think people forget that they exist. I think they do. There are five teams in the playoffs, and four of them you could legitimately hate. And then there's the lovable Tampa Bay Rays. Nobody hates the Rays. If anything, people nothing the Rays. So, who do you want to see fail the most? 
That's the kind of questions we're asking. That's a good question. Show. I hope people will try to answer that. And one. I wish our, we could give them voting options. I would like to see the Rays on there just to see if they get a vote. I don't think they would. I don't, I don't, there's I don't not think, a chance. Yeah. There's not a chance. Who is going to hate the Rays more than everybody else in the American League Wild? No card. chance. And then our second question that you can respond to our question at nine three one the fan on Twitter is: Do you believe the NFL's random drug tests are actually random? That is a loaded question. Because, those are the best kind, John. Because, in, our, in our business, those are the best kind of questions. Well, because I, there's the term random, which how we receive and perceive the word random, which would mean that there's no pattern or rhyme or reason to what you do, when in reality, that's actually how you guarantee randomness, is to have a sort of a system right. that, that you use. So I, do I think they just go knock on someone's door one morning? Um, yeah, I guess I do. So, uh, Miles Garrett did not wear an undershirt in the game again on Sunday and said he was flexing off the muscles and yesterday got a random NFL drug test. And he said, I got a quote-unquote random NFL drug test today. A little too much definition in that upper arm right, area. Looking, looking too good. <laughs> when your muscles have muscles, the NFL's got questions. So, I wonder what, what, what I'd have to do to this body to get a random drug test from anybody. <sighs> That's a good question. No, it's not. It's a lousy question. No, it's it a good, I would love to. I would love to see it. I would love to see somebody be like, "I'll guarantee you this: just not wearing an undershirt is not going to do it." <laughs> Nobody's going to be like, ah, "John might be on roids." Not, I don't. I don't do know. know. Oh, I'll tell you what: you knocked me for a loop with the alternate angle oil, oil check. check. Oil so, check. So I think it's probably time to do a good reset. We've got our Twitter questions. They are out there for you at nine three one the fan. On Twitter, you can go try to answer those questions. We're going to gather ourselves, regroup, and when we come back, we're going to have a discussion about which young quarterback you would start your franchise with today. I only have one question before we start that, and I'll get to that when we come back, but how are we defining a young I was quarterback? Waiting for, yeah, what's young? How are we defining young quarterback? Because to me, all those sons of bucks are young. Every, <laughs> well, guy, I, every guy on a roster except Tom Brady is pretty young. I was going to say, uh, Ben Roethlisberger's, ben Roethlisberger's <laughs> looking awful. Yeah, I don't even count him anymore. That's just, that's just terrible for me. So it's time for our Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout. We'll come back and talk about young quarterbacks in the NFL. If you want to be a part of that conversation, stick right where you are. I'm John Cook. He's Garrett Seawright, Cookie and the Monster on Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan. And welcome back to the Basement Doctor Studio. John Cook, Garrett Seawright, Cookie and the Monster here on Lima Sports Radio 93.1 The Fan. Uh, interesting topic of conversation, and it was basically spurred by last night's performance uh, by one Justin Herbert of the Los Angeles Chargers. I got a fine yesterday for saying San Diego, and that won't be the last time that happens. <laughs> oh, no, it's so easy to just say San Diego Chargers. It just rolls off. It's like I'm going to – I may get the Washington football team right, but at some point I'm going to say the Skins. I'm just going to. Oh, it's going no, to happen. I don't know that we'll ever talk about them, so I might be safe in that regard. But uh, So Herbert was really good last night. Three touchdown passes yep. all in the first half. I think somebody said he's got seven or eight, seven touchdown passes in his first two Monday night games. Um, second most in the history of, of Monday night football in your first two Monday night starts. Um, a, a guy who spent the bulk of his last year in college at Oregon kind of bouncing up and down the projections in, in the draft boards of where he might be. Um, I, I think some level of confidence when he was drafted that he was one of the small handful of guys, and I say small handful of guys, the second-year guys in this league have incredible potential 
Um, I don't know that that many would have put Herbert in the same conversation with Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, uh, Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah. Uh, but but he, he worked his way there. The bottom line is, and I said it, I you know, Greeny said today, he, he's he's as good as Patrick Mahomes. I, I'm not having that conversation right now. Our conversation is, if you could choose any young quarterback in the league to start your franchise with today, who would you choose? I think it's a more difficult question than you think. I, I, no question about I it think, in my mind. Uh, so I was going to say, you know, guys who are in their fourth year or younger – and if Pat, Patrick Mahomes is in his fourth year, right? So then maybe, maybe he doesn't count. <laughs> well, because I, he's a deal breaker in, in, in some ways. I mean, I mean he he's the he's the standard if 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 there is one, and that's why I, I have a, I kind of tiered like rookie, second year guys, kind of third year and, and beyond because is Deshaun Watson a young quarterback? Other troubles notwithstanding, right. if I were choosing a guy based on what he could give me on the field if he Let's gets there. Let's say no. Let's okay, say so Watson, Watson and Mahomes and Mitch Trubisky are, are not young quarterbacks. Prescott? No. Mayfield? Yes. Darnold? Yes. I'd rather have so, Prescott than any of those guys. <laughs> I was going to say. Uh, so Mayfield, Darnold, Josh Allen are all considered young quarterbacks. And let's say, I guess let's say that, so that was 2018, the 2018 draft. Let's say 2017 draft and since. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So if you're building your argument, where are you starting? Like, like what's the, what's the characteristic that you're putting the most weight on? Longevity. Because I think it would be really easy to say Lamar Jackson is in that top tier, and I don't, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know that I trust Lamar Jackson to to, he, to be there in ten years. Here's the deal: you you can give me the numbers, and I'll have to listen to him, and I'll have to accept him, and I'll have to take him at face value. He's been an MVP, whatever. So was Derrick Rose in the NBA. Here's my point: the question is, which would you choose to start your franchise? And that's a personal choice. The numbers are going to be a factor. But I'm not choosing that quarterback to start my franchise with when I've got these other guys to choose from because my number one, my number one characteristic is versatility. That, and I think he's too run heavy to be the guy that I want to start my franchise with. I want a guy that that can can have a balanced approach to beating the other team, and 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 he has moments where when he slings it, it's really impressive. But they're still just moments to me. And he is very, very successful in large part because he landed in a great spot for himself. All of those things are factors that have contributed to his success. The question is, who am I starting my franchise with? He's off my list. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think you can. I, I don't think you could take Lamar Jackson because of those five quarterbacks that were taken in the 2018 draft, where there were you know, these are five guys who were going to set franchises forward ten years and blah blah blah, which is. Which was it was malarkey at the time because how many franchise quarterbacks are there today? You could argue maybe ten to twelve, and what are the chances that five of them are going to come out of one draft? It's not. You know who's thrown for the most yards in that in that five quarterback draft class? It's Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I, 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 that, that's not surprising to me. The five guys in that class again: Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, and Lamar Jackson. Boy, Josh Rosen! Wow. 
Lamar Jackson has thrown. Uh, let, let's just discount Lamar Jackson, or excuse me, Josh Rosen. Guy's not in the league really anymore. He's not, never had a chance to start really. Um, just discount Josh Allen. Lamar Jackson has thrown for the f- fewest amount of yards. Now, has he rushed for three thousand yards? Yes. Yes. But again, I, that's not gonna. That's not, that's not to me. That's not what I want to start not, that's not, with. You're not gonna rush for a thousand yards a year when you're 33 years old. Like it's just not gonna happen. No. Sam Darnold has been terrible and is for a, a long time. Sam Darnold was set up to fail. Sam yes, Darnold yeah. was Sam Darnold was was a victim of neglect and abuse. And he's got more passing yards and he's got more passing yards than Lamar Jackson does. I don't think the answer is Baker Mayfield, but I don't think it's Lamar Jackson either. I, to me, there are there are four guys in my list of from the 2018 draft to now of guys I would consider if I had the number one overall pick, if they did a fantasy Madden draft tomorrow. There are four guys, I think. I think one of them is Josh Allen. I think one of them is I think one of them is Kyler Murray. Oh, there's no doubt. I think one of them is Joe Burrow. And I, I, I maybe it's three. I think number four is Justin Herbert. I don't know that that's in order. I, I would lean towards Kyler Murray, as stupid and ridiculous as that might sound, to choose the little guy who runs <laughs> darn near as much as Lamar Jackson. I, I think Kyler Murray is is the guy I would choose because I think he's paired with a quarter. He's paired with a coach who is going to put him in a situation to succeed. Because I don't. I think that's half the battle. I think Sam Darnold could be a great NFL quarterback if he's got competent coaching around him. If he's put in a situation, he's got it now. Yeah, I, he, I don't know how good he'll be, but he's got it. And now. he's and he's played pretty well. Hell, at one point, I think might still be leading the NFL in rushing touchdowns, which doesn't make a lick of sense, mm-hmm. but, but but he does. I think Sam Darnold can be a above average NFL quarterback. I think a lot of guys can be an above average NFL quarterback. But if Patrick Mahomes wasn't in Kansas City with a coach who's like, do whatever the hell you want, I don't care, as he is great, probably not. But Kyler Murray's paired up with a coach who gets him and wants him to see, succeed and is willing to do it in unconventional ways. Uh, Kyler Murray's really high on my list. I think Justin Herbert is really high up there. Josh Allen and Joe Burrow maybe are a step below. I would probably have Joe Burrow above Josh Allen. I think Joe Burrow's going to be really, really good for a really, really, really long time. But I think Kyler Murray can play in the system that he's playing right now and be really great at that. I, I like your four. I, I do. Um, I, I was having a tough time for me and what I think it takes to be long-term super successful in the NFL. Um, I, I, the top of my list are Burrow and Herbert, and I'm not sure I c- it's splitting hairs for me to select the difference yeah, between those two. They're similar the, in a lot of ways. Where, where the conversation shifts for me is, okay, I've got those two guys, and I, and I love Kyler Murray, I really do, but his size concerns me. It, not, Absolutely. Not because you can't play it. He's playing it spectacularly. I just, again, for, for my franchise, I, I'm thinking five to ten years down the road, I, I'm concerned about him. Well, you, you should you should be because, for instance, Cam Newton is a massive human being. Yeah. Massive He's human a being. walking truck. Everybody talks about how gigantic that dude is. And he got beat up and eventually succumbed to the NFL grind and Kyler Murray's 5 foot 10 and 207 pounds. Now, he does a better job of getting away from the rush, I think, than and avoiding hits from than Lamar Jackson does. 
But he ain't a big guy under any circumstances. No, and that's he's the not. that's the one thing that makes me go. I don't know, man. I so, don't know. So, so I'll take your four, and again, I'll put Burrow and Herbert at the top of my list. But where I shift my conversation is now, we pretty much think we know what Burrow and Herbert are. That is why yeah. we look at them and say they're at the top of our list. But we also have to really acknowledge that we don't know what Trey Lance is. We don't no. know what Justin Fields is. We don't know what Trevor Lawrence is. We certainly don't know. Uh, you know what Zach Wilson or Mac Jones are, and those were the guys from this year's class. Now that's leaving out, you know, a couple of other guys. You know that are uh, maybe you would have in the discussion, but I'm I'm going to stay with Burrow and Herbert. But I'm telling you, I, and I didn't feel this way six weeks ago. I, I think Justin Fields might give me the best shot at versatility and enough size and strength to withstand the grind. And has maybe a higher ceiling than any of those other guys. So Fields is starting to creep into the conversation with me. I've cooled on Trevor Lawrence a little bit, and some of that's the Urban Meyer problem. Right, but but but, but Fields is starting to creep into that conversation because I th- I think what what there is for a ceiling. I still think he holds it too long, and I think you can get yeah. that out of a guy. But man, I I love Burrow and Herbert, but there's something about Fields and what his ceiling might be that is really really interesting to me. I I. I, I, I will, the one thing that holds me back on Justin Fields is he's got kind of a slower release and he holds the ball too long. You're right that the game eventually will slow down for him and he'll probably get it out quicker and make faster decisions. I I don't know that he's gonna be not ruined before he gets yeah, he, to, he before needs, he gets to that point. He needs to be coached and, and put in a situation where he can be forced to grow into those things. At but. the same time, I don't know. I, I never would have considered Mac Jones coming into the even the NFL draft process. I, I never would have thought that guy's going to be a even average NFL quarterback. I, that's he, where I had him. I had him average. I had him middle he, of the road. He outplayed Tom Brady on Sunday night. I mean, he he did. He really undeniably in some pretty disgusting right. conditions with much worse weapons. I think. Oh, there's than, no doubt than, than Tom Brady had. There's no doubt. I think through the first. Four weeks of the season, Mac Jones has been outstanding. Now, obviously, he's in, in that same category of we don't we don't know. There have been a lot of guys who've been good for stretches. There's been a lot of guys who've been good for a year or two. I don't know what he is, but I think he's somewhere in the second tier of guys that you're having that conversation about. I, I think he's much higher to me four weeks into the season than he ever remotely would have been in April or May before the draft. You know what? I'm going to shift gears. If we're taking Mahomes off the table, and I can't really, really say one of the rookies, although I, I, I might want to, I, I said Burrow and Herbert. Give me Burrow. There's something about his 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 intangibles and his leadership and his charisma. All right, he's got. I, it. I think, Nobody knows I think, what it is. No, but he's I think got guys it. want to play for him, and they they probably want to play for Justin Herbert too. And again, I really, 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 really like Justin Herbert. But if it's my franchise and I can have one guy. I think I'm taking Joe Burrow. I'm. I don't think you're crazy for that. I. He. He is the type of guy that guys will gravitate to the longer their careers go, and the long like he will be the guy that people will gravitate towards. If I'm about to end my career and I don't have a ring, I don't want to go to Cincinnati, but we're gonna, we're going to go to Cincinnati because Joe Burrow's there. Uh, I, I think he's got that kind of personality, that kind of leadership skills, and I think he can play. Oh, there's no doubt in my mind that he's got the leadership skills. I, I, I see that. And, and, and the other thing that, that gets talked about a little bit with him that I think is undersold is he is just 
like badass competitor and tough. Yeah, he. I mean, he is a different level. He's, right, he's than accurate. Some of these other he guys. likes uh, in week one. Like there are guys who say stuff sometimes that you're like, oh, okay. And in week one, the, the, whoever the sideline reporter was for the Bengals game was like, Joe Burrow says he's looking forward to getting hit and testing that knee. I believe him. I believe that he was like, let's let's get a let's get a little pad pop in action here and and see what this is all about. I believe that he's just kind of like just a t- tinge crazy. But the good kind of crazy, the good kind of crazy, the yeah, good, absolutely. the good kind of lunatic. Um, and and I, 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 he would be probably my second or third. Like I would, I would go Kyler Murray. I wouldn't feel good about it. But the five years of Kyler Murray at his peak to me is worth the thirteen years of Joe Burrow at his peak. I don't know. Joe Burrow, I think, would be my number two. I, I really think that highly of the guy. And I'm putting Herbert at my number two. So you got you got Murray I would and go Kyler Murray. You got Murray and Burrow. I got Burrow and Herbert. Let's see how things play out. I don't feel great about Kyler Murray, but that I, I feel like you got to have some stones there and make a decision that nobody else would. Well, that certainly qualifies. We're going to take our next Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout, and I promise when we come back, we're going to do a little AL wild card preview. It may have to be a quick one, but we're going to get into some conversation about the AL wild card tonight. Yankees and Red Sox eight o'clock on ESPN. We're also going to talk an Urban Meyer update later in the program. Football five fifteen. We're going to talk a little college football playoff predictor, and then we will make our MLB playoff predictions in today's program as well. So we hope you'll stay with us after this Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout. I'm John Cook. He's Garrett Seawright. Together we are Cookie and the Monster on Lima Sports Radio ninety three one The Fan. We are back in the Basement Doctor studio, John and Garrett, Cookie and the Monster. And it is time to talk AL wildcard baseball. We opened the show talking a little bit about the rivalry that is the Yankees and the Red Sox. Um, I would guess, Garrett, that some of our listeners have strong feelings about one team or the other. I'm just excited about the matchup. I did not follow it closely enough this year to know. I mean, I knew the fact that teams played 19 times in the division. Right. Like that part I got. These two teams played 19 games this year. The Red Sox get to host this game tonight because they won the regular season series. A series of 19 games, which was separated by one win and one, one run in 19 games. It's crazy how that works out, isn't it? Like, I, I am astounded that that's possible. Um, I know oh, just all over the course of nineteen games that something would happen that somebody hit a walk off two run home run or something to make it more than one run in one game. Boston won ten. The Yankees won nine. Boston scored seventy five runs. The Yankees scored seventy four runs. Boston hit eighteen homers. The Yankees hit sixteen homers. I'm not sure you can get any closer than that, which is the part that probably makes me say they got to just play one <laughs> and you move on. But is the hope that the one is that is that good? Like the the one where everything's on the line. Is that better than than three? Oh, it is for uh, me. Like, it, I, it, I, it I think is. so. I you hope know, so. I, I heard Aaron Boone talk about it yesterday when he kept saying, you know, they've been in a, in a mode here to, to get into the postseason. It right. took a lot down the stretch, but kept getting asked almost daily about, do you feel like this is a must win? And he said, no, 
That's what tonight is. Right. You absolutely <laughs> have to. Said, yeah, the must wins now. It's to the, you know, it, yesterday it was tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow's a must win. The other ones, you know, we needed to win some games for sure. But, yep, must win because if we don't win, we don't get to play anymore. And I think that's that much worse that you put in all that effort to get here. And so it means that much more. Well, and, and, and then you get your guys on the mound. So if it's 8 o'clock on ESPN. Garrett Cole against Nathan Evaldi. That, that's the matchup. Okay, and, and Garrett Cole was the spin rate guy. He's the spider tack guy, and numbers really changed after those things happened. But uh, he, he's got a 491 ERA against the Red Sox this year. That's not great for a guy that's as good as he is. Here, here's three starts. Three starts at Fenway Park this year. Garrett Cole's ERA is 619. Ooh. Now, those are all numbers that would make you say, yeah, I think I'm going to go ahead and favor the Red Sox. They won the series, uh, the regular season. They're playing at home. Um, they've kind of had Garrett Cole's number. And Nathan Ivaldi was borderline dominant against the Yanks this season. In his, <laughs> This is so crazy. Two starts ago, he gave up seven earned runs. Two starts ago, he gave up seven earned runs against the Yankees. Before that start, he had given up seven earned runs in his five starts against the Yankees prior to the one two starts ago. So are we saying, hey, the guy with the two ERA, that's who's going to the bump? Or are we getting the guy that, like, 11 days ago gave up seven earned runs in a few innings and got kind of shelled? I just think it's fascinating what this game could be tonight. Now, I don't know what that means. Here's what I do know. I don't want to mess with the Yankees if the game's close after about five and a third. <laughs> because they got about six arms they can run out of their bullpen that can throw it between 98 and 101. Yep. And I don't know Boston well enough to know what their deal is. And they've, they've managed to win 91 games or whatever they won. They've gotten to this point. They can, they can clearly score. Um, it's just one of those deals where a lot of the numbers say the Red Sox. They're at home. They've got all these numbers supporting them. I, I think I'm going to pick the Yankees. I still, I, I don't know. And, and you mentioned Garrett Cole with the ERA and all that stuff. That's the guy you're spending $36 million a year on to be the guy that you need him to be when it matters. And if he doesn't do it now, I don't know that I, I think I start to worry about that contract that rolls through 2028. Yeah, that, that's, that, that'll be an issue for tomorrow. For tomorrow, for tonight, it's about that matchup. And that's the big one, 8 o'clock on ESPN. If you don't have anything to do and you don't watch that, I can't help you. That's that's the one that you should be interested in for sure. Yankees and Red Sox, AL wildcard tonight, 8 o'clock ESPN. We're going to take another Don Jiggy's Jeweler timeout. When we come back, we're going to get an Urban Meyer update. I know you've been waiting for it. Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan. Hour number two, straight ahead. Hour number one in the books. A quick hour uh, in hour number one. Hour number two, we are going to begin. I guess let's recap. First of all, I, I arrived at, at the studio, the station yesterday, um, and, and, and had learned of the Urban Meyer saga uh, about 10 minutes before I, I pulled into my parking spot. So I really didn't know much at all about it. And then after I got up here and you and I started talking in a little bit of pre-show, uh, prep it was like yep we, we're gonna have to talk about this and we had a good chuckle with mark ray about not 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 talking not, about, about not talking about it <laughs> he was not as interested as some might be and again i you know because we are where we are i think there's a certain level of interest in in 
what happens with Urban Meyer. I, I think this is a national story to be sure, but it's also a local story to a degree because of the the because of who it is right. and, and everything that goes into being Urban Meyer. Um, you and I have had some off air conversations where we have we have discussed kind of at length that there is a there seems to be in the conversations that we've had with other people who might have some knowledge of, of the circumstance, there's just a kind of a prevailing sense that maybe Urban Meyer's not a great guy. And and, and that's okay. Yeah, there I, are I, lots I, of not great guys right. that, that function and do well all the time. But when, when that what, affects your your job. Yeah, where, where does that leave us today? I mean, yesterday was the, the bleep storm. Yes. And and, and, and and he dealt with, you know, whenever he had to take the call from Trent Baalke or whoever made the first call to tell him that he may not have known that this thing existed, and he survives that part of it. Um, uh, can I interrupt you? for? Yeah, Can sure. you imagine a more awkward phone conversation than your boss calling you and saying, hey, um, we're... we're were you at a were you at a bar tonight? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why? Well, you see, uh, there's this video of you out there and finding out that on that that everyone on Twitter.com has seen that that girl grinding on you. Can you imagine a more awkward conversation than that? I, I, well, the one with the wife. I, I think the boss is worse. <laughs> probably more awkward, probably less hostile. I'd say that's a fair assessment, uh, most likely. But but today we heard from the guy that runs the show. Yes. Today, team owner Shad Khan made a public statement. And he said, I have addressed this matter with Urban. Specifics of our conversation will be held in confidence. What I will say is his conduct last weekend was inexcusable. I appreciate Urban's remorse, which I believe is sincere. Now he must regain our trust and respect. That will require a personal commitment from Urban to everyone who supports, represents, or plays for our team. I am confident he will deliver. Guys, he just did that from memory. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we had to memorize the Gettysburg Address and the statement from Shad Khan. That's so that's as, that's as professional and as, as, as neat and tidy of a statement as you can make under the circumstances which I'm assuming if you make that statement and then receive any questions, the first one is going to be from even a mediocre reporter, what exactly will he have to do to earn back your trust? And I don't know what the answer to that question is. I don't know that Chad Khan knows what the answer I, to that question I, is. I don't think he does either. Um, there, Michael Silver is an NFL reporter uh, for Sports Illustrated, and he tweeted some quotes that he got from Jaguars players who um, were – you know, given anonymity to, to speak candidly. Mm -hmm. One player told me, quote, he has zero credibility in their in that stadium. He had very little to begin with. If that's not telling, a guy who's won three national championships as a college head football coach had little credibility to begin with. And I, I imagine when he got there, he had some credibility. And he's withered that away in nine months. I find that somewhat impressive. Well, none of the mile markers have been mile markers that would indicate he gained in credibility. Correct. Correct. None of the ones that are public anyway. Maybe maybe you don't do that. Maybe you don't broadcast the things that he does to gain in credibility. But every publicly announced, again, I use the term mile marker, has been to, to a decline in any level of credibility that he might have. Now, I, it was interesting because on the way to work this morning, I was listening to the Morning Juice on 97.1. Uh, 97.1, excuse me, yes. in Columbus. And Bobby Carpenter said, I'm going to tell you this. I've been in NFL locker rooms a lot. And he said, my personal feeling is that that locker room is going to be broken into thirds. 
There's a third of those guys that don't care right. I at was all. Say. They don't care. Show up and coach. We got to get better. There's a third of those guys that are going to be bothered by this, and it's going to cost him credibility. And he's they're not going to want to play for him. And he said, "There's a third of those guys that are it's he's actually it's going to be right. Cool. He's a cool dude. That's that's going to be cool." He said, "It might not be a third. It might be forty twenty twenty. But there are very definitely three factions or forty twenty. That was Bobby's math." Um, there are definitely three factions in that locker room. The point I'm getting at for Shad Khan, if you say he's got to earn back trust, there's earning back trust and they're showing some sort of progress on the football field. Is earning back the trust more important than progress on the football field? If he goes 5-12, uh, and 12, but he doesn't earn back your trust, is he still fired? If he earns back your trust and he goes 3-14, and 14, is that enough? To Year 2, to me, feels like an absolute pipe dream which leads yeah. me to the question of if that's the case, what are we waiting on? Well, and that's uh, part of my question is is if he's four and zero rather than zero and four, does this matter? If if this was the first of missteps he's made, does it matter? <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't think so. But when you throw in the entirety of everything that's happened in the last nine months, and you can, I've already seen and. I've already seen the the sentiment that well, it's because ESPN hates Urban Meyer, bro. Urban Meyer worked for ESPN. E- ESPN like, would if, if Fox hadn't paid him more money, ESPN would have hired him a second time. If this was Doug Marone, this is still a story. Like this is still. I'm a, trying to picture Doug Marone. <laughs> as awkward as Urban looked in that bar, Doug Marone might have might might take might cake not. on. I, it's a story, no matter who it is. If it's Andy Reid, if it's yeah, yeah, if it's Matt sure. Lafleur, if it's Robert Sala, it doesn't matter. It's a story. So this idea that Urban Meyer, because it's Urban Meyer, ESPN hates Urban Meyer, ESPN hates Ohio State. It, one of the things that it, it, I've we tried to not talk about politics, and this isn't politics so much, but the the thought process that so many people in our country now have that because that guy's on my team, he can't do he can do no wrong. It is a gigantic problem, and because Urban Meyer was once on our team, he can do no wrong. Is incorrect. He has done lots of wrong. Clearly, incorrect. he's done lots of in. He has done lots of wrongs. He did plenty when he was working with our team, right. and when he was right. our guy, and, he did plenty. And to pretend as if just because he's our guy and he was on our team, he can do no wrong is incredibly short-sighted, and and it's bullcrap. It is. It is. And and the thing is. It also illustrates another difference, though, between the level that he was at and the level that he is at. If, if, if he is fortunate to be in the NFL for any reason right now, it's because if he were a college coach, he would be out of work today. He would have been out of work before the end of the day on Sunday. And college coaches don't survive that. That creates a question in my mind of, Yes, there's clearly a difference between college athletics and professional athletics, but should this be an area where that difference is that stark? Because I don't am I wrong? I mean, if, if he was the head coach at Ohio State University and and that happened, he wouldn't be the head coach at Ohio State University any longer and it would not have taken 6 hours, it might not have taken an hour. I I don't I don't know. Ohio State was willing to keep him on as their head coach for the remainder of a football season where at the start of that season, it came out that he knowingly covered up his assistant coach domestic violence. The, but. Which I think is but, way worse than. It may be. It may well be worse. 
if this but, was but if Ray, this was the Ray first Rice his, was guilty of domestic violence and he lost his career because there was video. Well, I, I had this exact conversation with somebody last week that uh, uh, we can talk about why we got on this topic at a different time. But <laughs> basically, there was when Ray Rice the report came out that he had punched his wife. Nobody cared until the video came out, and it was like, "Oh my gosh, that's horrible! What the hell did you think that looked like? What did you think Ray Rice knocked his wife out in an elevator and then dragged her ass out of there? What did you think that looked like?" But when people saw the video, it, it jars something in people. The people don't think it, if there was just a report, um, you know, attractive twenty-five-year-old female grinds on Urban Meyer at Urban Meyer Pinehouse. Nobody cares, but because the video is there, all she, of a sudden people she go twenty-five. <laughs> I'm horrible. She wasn't 25. But because there's video, people go, oh my gosh, this is horrendous. If there was just a news article about it and there was just reports of that happening, nobody cares. Whether it's fair or not, that makes a difference. It does. And he would have been fired as a college coach. He has not been fired as an NFL coach. Shad Khan says he won't be fired for this. Again, I, I go back to that question of while he's earning back your trust, where does that factor into the decision to rehire him? And when you make the decision not to bring him back, because I'm again, I'm saying that they aren't going to, they're going to make the statement that this has nothing to do with any misstep that may have happened. We just don't like the direction of our franchise on the football field. That's what they're going to say. And I and I and, and maybe that'll be true. I think I think by not saying that today, Shad Khan is saying, for the love of God, go out there and win some football games. Don't make this be the reason this ends. Because I I made an unconventional hire by hiring you in the first place. Don't put me in this situation get yourself out of this by winning games on the field because if if the jags win their next five nobody cares about this story it doesn't matter if they they enter november and they've won a couple games i think it goes away and i don't i don't know i don't know if that's right or wrong but i think that's the reality oh the most nfl thing ever would be for them to win this week um and and then to, to see how that what the response is there. If you're talking to looking ahead at the schedule, they've got Tennessee and Miami at home uh, the next two weeks, and then they go to Seattle. They've got Buffalo at home at Indy. That's their next five. Now Seattle's defense has been atrocious. Miami's a little bit of a train wreck at the quarterback spot. Tennessee's just been a complete and utter uh, uh, riddle the entire season. Uh, it's not going to happen, but you could look at those next five and you could say at Indy, at Seattle versus Miami versus Tennessee. I mean, they're not beating Buffalo. They could win three. Crazier things have happened. And if they play football the way they had been playing football for the preceding two weeks prior to this incident, including Thursday night, they're going to have an opportunity to win. If they go three and two in their next five, I, do you think it goes away per se? Yeah. I do. I, I think, I think part of this is, I think part of the, the the reason that we talk about this is because they're they're zero and four. I think that is absolutely part of it. If they were four and zero, does anybody care? If things hadn't gone so poorly in the run up to the start of the season, does anybody care? They'd care a little bit, but they would say, in the light of a great start, this right. is a this is man, we can't believe this right. happened. He but made, hey, they're still four and up. It would be a he made a he made a series of bad decisions on Saturday night. He regrets that, but but we're moving on. We're we're, we're moving on to our next game. Well, but because they're zero four, because he didn't take the plane ride back, because he's made a very long series of really poor decisions, it it, it starts to become everything all encompassed together and saying, is, is this is this going to work out? 
Urban has been given the support of his franchise. Um, I'll just simply send us to the Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout by saying this. My over-under was 11 and a half games. We haven't taken any final bets on that yet. You're more than welcome to bet on whether or not you think he'll coach more than 11 games or 11 games or fewer uh, at in Jacksonville with the Jaguars. I think the indications are that he's not going to finish out this year because I don't think we're done seeing problems in the franchise. And when the losses start piling up, it's going to become why are we dealing with the other headaches and not winning football games when we don't need to do this. That's my take. We're going to take our next Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout. When we come back, football at 515, we'll get into the college football playoff predictor that ESPN published today. John Cook, Garrett Seawright, Cookie and the Monster on Lima Sports Radio, 93 One The Fan. And Service Master welcomes you to football at 519. Hard work, determination, and sportsmanship create opportunities to be your best. Like Bear Bryant said, it's not the will to win, but it's the will to prepare to win that makes a difference. And that's why it's Service Master. They don't cut corners. They clean them. The college football playoff predictor, John, that ESPN puts together, has some interesting numbers that they give Ohio State a 12% chance to win out the rest of the season, which is not a lot. But if they were to win out... They have a ninety-eight percent chance to make the college football playoff, which I think is—I I think that's right. I think that makes sense. That if you're going to beat Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, and conceivably Iowa in the Big Ten championship game, that that would be enough to uh, redeem yourself for a, a loss that I don't think people realize is a pretty bad loss to Oregon. Um, I, I think that's right. I think if you beat four more top twenty-five ranked teams on the way through the rest of your season. That it's absolutely a slam dunk that they're going to get into the college football playoff. But doing that is a little easier said than done. Now, here's what I'm picturing in my mind, though, is you're giving those numbers. I, I think everybody says 98% chance to get in if they went out. Certainly, that makes a lot of sense. It probably ought to be higher because the people that are listening to this show, for the most part, have a real bias toward Ohio State. In fact, those same people who I think say if they went out, they should should definitely make the playoff 98% sounds right. Maybe it should be a little higher. I imagine some of those people, when they heard you say that ESPN's college football predictor gives Ohio State a 12% chance of winning out, I imagine a percentage of the people sat up and said, what the, did he just say? 12%? 12% my ass. Right, no, that's, that's fair. It is 100% fair. <laughs> and, and then I also think that those same people, though, because they are Ohio State fans, and maybe I'm Well, I think there's a section of people that, that that are on both ends of that spectrum. I think there are, of course, 12%, that's it, that's the only percent that chance they think we're going to win out, and there are, they think we're going to win 12% of chance that we're going to win the rest of those games? Well, and, and again, I would like to talk to both groups and just simply say, walk through this with me. They have to beat Penn State, Michigan State, and Michigan and if they do that, they get to play Iowa in the, in the Big Ten championship game. And d- does anyone think that there's more than a 12% chance or likelihood that that happens? I, th- that seems almost impossible to me. Because, I, I, again, I overinflate Ohio State's opponents on a regular basis. I clearly did with Rutgers just last week. But Penn State's really good. They're good. Michigan State's pretty good. Michigan State's pretty good. Michigan's, I think, pretty good. Michigan. Uh, uh, You're going to play Michigan State and Michigan in back-to-back weeks. I just, and and because, and I, I say that because I, I know that Ohio State has enough offensive talent to, to score on anybody. 
from anywhere on the field. But all of those teams that we just mentioned, I think, are significantly better on the defensive side of the ball yeah. than Ohio State has any chance of being this year. And I'd like to be wrong about that. So you got to go 3-0 and in shootouts that... Generally, nobody goes three. Nobody goes undefeated in shootouts. And 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 I'm also going to say that as great as Ohio State's offense is, somebody's going to keep them under thirty. Somebody in that grouping of teams is going to keep that Ohio State offense under thirty points. And can they win? A and up can Ohio game State's that... defense give them enough to win a game where it might have to be twenty four twenty one, and you survive a field goal at the end that would would send it to OT type of thing. Or can you win one twenty one seventeen? I, I just I'd like know, to I think so, but yeah, I'd like to think I, so. I, I don't know. I was more curious about the fact that you said that the twelve Pac twelve has a five percent chance to get someone in the college football playoff. Pac twelve has a five percent five percent chance that one of their members makes college football playoff. Well, I'd like to know what that percentage was before Oregon lost to probably significantly higher on Saturday Significant, to, to significantly Stanford. higher I think so uh, so the Pac-12 has a 5% chance to get a member of their conference into the college football playoff the Sun Belt has a 4% chance <laughs> the Sun Belt has a 4% chance to get a, a, one of their members in the college football playoff while Pac-12 has 5 all of you Pac-12 fans who want to scream that you're not as dead as people think you are they are saying take that, a look at those numbers that Coastal Carolina has as great a chance to make the college football playoff as Oregon as anybody in your conference. As anybody uh, in your conference. Yeah, that's... Uh, How about those for numbers? The Sun Belt basically has as equal a chance to put someone in the college football playoff as the Pac-12. Whew! What, what role do you think, or what impact do you think the, the, the current polls will have on the college football playoff rankings once that committee starts releasing those rankings here in the next several weeks i don't think those people have the cojones to uh, to step out i don't very rarely do they have differing opinions than the associated press top 25 or the coaches poll and if it does if they do it's that you know they've got somebody 17 rather than 18 I, i i would say that every year i expect this year they're going to have to i i to be honest with you, I would not be surprised if they still don't respect Cincinnati. If they st- if they have Cincinnati at number six or number seven, rather than giving them any semblance of hope. Will they have the level of respect for Ohio State that the, that the poll appears to have from the standpoint of the Buckeyes are currently ranked ahead of both Michigan and Oregon and Michigan State? I I the think polls. they're not going to respect either Ohio State or Oregon. I think they are going to have both of them somewhat lower than what what they're what they're at right now. Because that's what I guess I'm ready for is that first committee release to come out, and then I want to go to the college football playoff predictor and say, "What do you think now?" I I, I know are. there are people who believe strongly that by God, if Cincinnati wins the rest of their games, that they're getting in. I don't share that with you. I don't. I don't. I don't share that. I think that this is an invitation-only dance, and Cincinnati they are going to make damn sure it doesn't get an invitation somehow, some way. There are going to be a lot of schools that need to have a second loss, because I th- I think do they take a one-loss Ohio State over an undefeated Cincinnati in a heartbeat? They do. In a heartbeat, they do. 
especially I think, if, I think Ohio, so, yes. if Ohio State beats Penn State, Michigan State, and Michigan, and then Iowa in the Big Ten championship game. Do they do they leap over Cincinnati for a Final Four spot? Absolutely they do. As long as Georgia doesn't lose twice, they're in. Yeah, as Alabama as, and Georgia are in right as, now as, as long as As long as Alabama doesn't twice. lose twice, they're in. I think that's for two, sure. Two spots are guaranteed. Is a one is a one loss Pac twelve champ or excuse me, Big Twelve champion going to get in over an undefeated Cincinnati? Yes. I, that one's the one I think gives them their hope. I that's the one I think gives them their hope. I think if Ohio State beats Penn State like on a last second field goal or something, even then Penn State with one loss gets in over Cincinnati. I I just think there's a dance that they don't want some f- folks invited to, and they're not going to invite Cincinnati to it. Well, you're, you're just about to create my next crusade then, because, because and I'm not saying they they don't deserve yeah. it. I think they they're going to, but. I just think they're not going to get the respect that they deserve. I, I'm far more convinced that it's likely that Cincinnati stubs their toe than I, it is that if they're undefeated, they don't go. That's how I feel. I, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think it's a lot more difficult to to go through their conference slate. And everybody talks about you know the, their conference isn't great, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter. Those are the schools conference that— Conference is a conference is a conference. Those are the schools that know you. Those are the schools that have intricate knowledge of what you do, how you do it, and they recruit against the same kids that you do. It's hard to go through that. League play is hard. It doesn't matter what league it is. It is difficult. Your league might not be as good as everybody else's league, but winning your league is hard. Period. Winning your league is hard. And they've got one game against somebody that's in the top 25 remaining on their schedule, and that's against SMU. And the chances that they're still, you know, in the top 25 when Cincinnati gets there are probably pretty slim. I just, I, I don't envision a scenario I just think Cincinnati's going to. I think they're going to benefit from the fact that if they manage to stay undefeated, the rest of college football is going to cannibalize itself. They have to be undefeated. Yes, they're going to be. And they have to have style points. They have to have dominated their way. They're going to be very few one-loss teams, right, in the hunt for a college football playoff bid. In my estimation, there are going to be very few one-loss teams um, for that fourth spot. I would. I. I, It's not going to work out this way. I don't think. I would argue one-loss Arkansas gets in over Cincinnati. Because that would mean they have beaten Alabama. That, puts that, uh, <laughs> that means they beat yeah. Alabama somewhere along the way. Well, yeah, the whole SEC title game could, could change whoever, a lot of things. Whoever if plays somebody, in the SEC. If somebody else gets in there and wins in. it, that, that, that's, that's definitely a game changer. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but for those of you that are keeping score at home, again, ESPN has said OSU just has to win out, and they got a 98% chance of making the playoff. So, but you only got a 12% chance of doing that. You only got a 12% chance of actually winning out. But if you do, you're going to be in great shape. When we come back from this Don Jenkins Jewelers timeout, we'll get Major League Baseball playoff predictions. And we are so good at predictions, so you won't want to miss those. You may want to take those to the bank and try to get to your bookie and see if you can make a little money because we are really, really good at predictions, Garrett and I. John Cook, Garrett Seawright, Cooking the Monster, 93 on the fan. Welcome back into the Basement Doctor Studio, where we're presented by Jerry Lewis McDonald's. You can apply at work at mcd.com. You can work today and get paid tomorrow at Lewis Family McDonald's. Garrett, baseball playoffs start tonight. AL wildcard game, 8 o'clock ESPN. Uh, tomorrow night, NL wildcard, the Dodgers and everybody's favorite team, the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, <laughs> did my bias come creeping through there? Just a little bit. John, do you need a hug? I, well, yeah. I, I will if the, I will if the Cardinals beat the Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> That's tomorrow night, eight o'clock on TBS. If you want to watch that, I, I probably will. 
And um, it's here on 93 One The Fan. If you, well, and I may just listen. That way I don't have to see it with my eyes. We talked about what video does to things. That's true. <laughs> how it changes, That's true. That's a good how it point. changes things, and it would definitely affect me on Wednesday night if I had to watch the Cardinals beat the Dodgers, and I'm not even a Dodgers fan. Uh, I will be rooting for the demise of the Cardinals rather heartily on Wednesday night. But uh, So the wild card games tonight and tomorrow night, American League tonight, National League tomorrow night, and then the playoffs start in earnest. Um, the American League Division Series are going to be played Thursday, Friday, and Sunday this week, Monday and Wednesday next week. The National League are going to be played Friday, Saturday this week, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday next week. So if you really love baseball, Friday and Monday are going to be gluttonous. Lots of baseball all the time. And Garrett and I are going to try to make some predictions about how we see this thing playing out. And I need to predict with my mind and not with my heart because there would be no reason for the Cardinals to even make the trip to Chavez Ravine if it were up to my heart. How do you see things playing out? Let's, Let's start American League since that's tonight. Tonight, New York and Boston. The Yankees and the Sox. 8 o'clock on ESPN. I will strictly take the Red Sox because they're at home. Only hey, reason. Hey, me too. Only reason. Me too. I, like, gave, I gave all those numbers. I felt like there's no way. Yeah, me too. Because Boston is at home, I'm taking Boston. Right, that's get, crazy. They get to bat last, I will take the Red Sox. And that's the only reason why. So then Red Sox Rays. Give me the Rays. And White Sox Astros. So give me the Rays in four. Give me White Sox, or give me Astros in four. So Rays in four, Astros in four. Rays in four, Astros in four. To the ALCS. Okay, well, my American League picks, again, I, I, I don't like when I hear Tim Kirch and say things like, I don't know how the Red Sox get 27 outs. I'm not sure how they do it because <laughs> he believes so strongly in the Yankee bullpen. Um, because Garrett Cole has struggled against this Red Sox lineup, I would like to believe that once you are behind, the bullpen isn't as important. Um, I, I, that's why, again, Boston's at home. I, I, I picked Boston. I'm going to pick Tampa f- for sure against Boston, and, and, and lar- largely because I feel I'm, I'm almost like Tampa's big brother. Like, they're not the favorite ever. Ever. Houston is the Vegas betting favorite in the American League. Tampa Bay's got the best record. Tampa Bay's got, you know, a little bit of playoff success. Right, they did it last year. Uh, I mean, but they're not. All but they've I, done is one. I'm taking Tampa. I'm taking the White Sox to beat Houston. Ron Williams, if you're listening... You can tell people why I'm t- taking the White Sox to beat Houston. I don't think Dusty Baker knows how to manage in the postseason. I think I saw it. I watched it firsthand. I've watched it in multiple stops. See, the problem is, is I, so, like, I think Dusty's gotten a raw deal a lot of times. I would love to see that guy win a World Series. I would, too. I'll be I damned really if would. I want to see it with the Houston Astros. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't want to see that. I, I, I don't know what, uh, how I feel about that whole thing. I really would. For Dusty's sake, I would like to see it happen. I don't think it will. Uh, because I've, I've watched that movie. Because he seems like such a damn fine guy. I, and I think like, that's why Houston hired him. I, he seems like such a good dude. Like and, That is a dude that you want coming over he, to watch football dude. with you on Saturday. He's a baseball guy. He, he's, he's a, all, he hates but, Tony La Russa like the rest of us. <laughs> like They got a long-going feud that I hope spills over in the playoffs. They hate each other. And the, I think that's yeah, awesome. That, that makes it more fun for sure. And I do not like picking... Uh, Tony Larusa in any way, shape, oh, or form. Oh yeah, fashion. that guy sucks. By the way, it'll be the first time in baseball history that two guys in their seventies have managed in a playoff series against one another. If that's not the most baseball stat I've heard, that it's okay. two, two two old guys going to be uh, play, facing off in the playoffs. Yeah, the only, only thing that would make it better for me is if while these two guys were managing, um, 
if like you know one of the old knuckleballers could make his way to the mound to pitch for one of them here comes r.a dickey out of the bullpen <laughs> and he's gonna uh, Phil Necro. Uh, I mean, like Charlie Huff is who I was thinking. You know, like with his walker, <laughs> out, out <laughs> literally to, out, a walker. Out, out to, yeah, out to the uh, to the mound. But yeah, that's interesting. Those two guys. I mean, Tony Larusa. It's going to be historic if Larusa manages to win a World Series. He'll be, uh, you know, he'll have done it with three different teams. Nobody's ever done that before. Uh, Dusty just. And uh, he'll he'll remind you that nobody's ever done that. Before, oh, there's right? no question. Um, and, and Dusty has had remarkable success as a manager and been in the postseason so many times we can't count them, but never won a world title. Um, you know, and both these guys in their 70s makes it interesting. I am picking Houston to win that one. I'm going to take Tampa over the White Sox. I'm not giving you numbers. I don't know. I, I can't. I can't do that. I can't, I, I can't think that much. I, I know that they got to win three, and 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 they will. <laughs> and Tampa is going to win that one. So the National League. Let's start with the St. Louis Cardinals and the Dodgers tomorrow night's game. On TBS, I'll take Dodgers. Yeah, and, and, boy. And not, not because they're at home. I just think, I think they're the best team in the National League. Well, they are the money line favorite for sure. And I, I do think it's a travesty, by the way, that the 107 win Dodgers or whatever the hell it is immediately has to play the Giants. The 107 win yeah, Giants and 106 win, win yeah. Dodgers. That's that's malarkey. That's that is, crock. That's, that that's is, a crock. That's crock. It absolutely is. Um, it's it's it is absolutely not a benefit to the Giants to that they won their division. The whole point of the whole playoff system is win your division. You don't like it, win your division. Yeah. Well, we're you know gonna, what I did, and I'm getting penalized for it. We're going to talk at much greater length about the National League Series tomorrow. And I'm going to I'm going to shock you here. I, I, I'm picking St. Louis. Are you? It's more of a spiteful you. Bastards managed to win 17 in a row at the end of the season. When you and, needed to. And the one team that everybody thinks is going to win the World Series, just because you're the Cardinals, you'll beat them. You'll, like, you'll pee in everybody's Cheerios and beat the Dodgers. And I don't know how they're going to do it, because, I mean, I know the Dodgers don't have Clayton Kershaw, but they've got 13 other arms that are pretty doggone good. There, we'll get into some St. Louis Dodgers numbers tomorrow that I really think are fascinating. Something's got to give when these guys go head to head, and I just I like the Cardinals vibe right now. I'm going to take the Cardinals. All right, all right. Uh, you know I, I wouldn't hate it. Uh, you know I'm, I'm not dying to watch the Dodgers. In the I'm also so taking the Cardinals because I want the Giants to advance, and I think they've got a better chance against the Cardinals than they do against the well, Dodgers. That's true. So I'm picking San Francisco. I'm picking Milwaukee to beat Atlanta, and I think that's a bad pick. I don't feel good about that one. Milwaukee has limped to the finish line. Um, and, and Atlanta has not so much, but I am going to take Milwaukee to, to defeat Atlanta, and I am going to pick San Francisco over the Brew Crew, and I will have a Giants and Rays World Series, and the people at, at whoever's broadcasting Fox, the World Series Fox. are going to go home and cry. Yes. Uh, I'll take the Brewers over the Braves in five games. I don't feel good about it, but I think they've got enough to get past. Pitching. I like their get pitching. Get past Atlanta. I will take the Dodgers over the Giants um, just because – Ooh, you took they're, the Dodgers. They're the Dodgers. And I will take the Dodgers to the World Series, and they will play the Houston Astros in the World Series. And we will See, do that's it, what everybody wants. And we will do this again. That's what everybody wants. And you're probably going to be right, and I'm going to be mad it's, at you because it's you're It's going right. to happen. Like, yeah. by, by God, there's just... They, they, if the Dodgers and the Astros play in the series, which, which Astros player is going to get drilled in the rib cage? Altuve. Right, like in the first game. Just to yeah. get it out of the way, let's have a fight, let's do what we got to do, but somebody's getting smoked just because we need to make that statement. Yeah. And, well, uh, for, if that happens, then I'm kind of going to be okay with, with, with that happening. Altuve will be uh, walking up to the batter's box and be like, it's weird, it's the first inning, and they've got a relief pitcher warming up. <laughs> cool. 
are they doing? That guy's and, he's yeah, getting after yeah, down there. Why is that? Why is it? Why, why the Dodgers got a relief pitcher in the first inning? It's scoreless. Oh, oh. They're gonna start David Price in game one. What for? <laughs> this, is, this is weird. What are they doing? And then it will quickly dawn on him. Oh, oh. There's about to be a brouhaha. So again, for all those people who believe so strongly in our powers of prognostication, run down your predictions again so that people can write them down and go talk to their bookie. Red Sox over Yankees, Rays over Red Sox, Astros over White Sox, and then Astros over Rays on the left side. Right side, Dodgers over Cardinals, Dodgers over Giants, Brewers over Braves, Dodgers over Brewers. And then I will say the Dodgers win the 2021 World Series in seven games over the Houston Astros. So if you want to want to lose your money and want to waste your yes, money, go you, take uh, Garrett's if you, numbers. If, if you, you want to win money, listen to Cookie here. You will take you will take Boston over the Yankees tonight. You will take Tampa Bay over Boston. You will take the White Sox over the Astros, and Tampa Bay over the White Sox on the left side. Tampa Bay going on to the series. You will take the St. Louis Cardinals to beat the Los Angeles Dodgers. You will take the San Francisco Giants to knock off St. Louis uh, in a sweep. I hope um, you will take you will take Milwaukee over the Atlanta Braves, and San Francisco will get into the series uh, from the right side from the National League. Tampa Bay versus San Francisco. I will take Tampa Bay in City honor of, of my twin brother who lives in Tampa and is an adopted Rays fan. Crazy, sickening Rays fan at this point, but I will give the Tampa Bay Rays the World Series title in five. Ooh. That'd be, a, that'd be a whooping. There's your money right there. Take it to the bank. Take it to the bank. And we're going to take another Don Jake's Dueler timeout. We're going to come back, go over our Twitter poll questions with your poll questions, our Twitter questions of the day with you one more time and have some water cooler conversation right here on Sports Radio 93 on the fan. Quick segment, Garrett. Yes, sir. Twitter questions. So we asked you, we said, we says, do you believe the NFL's random drug tests are actually random? Uh, Burp on Twitter says, I doubt it. Why wouldn't they use it to control the narrative? It is, however, a business, and that business is entertainment. And you're, you're correct. We also asked, which team do you want to see lose? Or excuse me, let me rephrase this correctly. Which team in the American League playoffs do you want to see fail the most? And we've got two votes. For the Astros. Yeah, yeah. I, that's not surprising. No. All you got to do is bang on some trash cans, and all of a sudden the Yankees aren't so hateable. That's, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's crazy how that works. Crazy how that works. Water cooler for me today. Kyrie Irving did not practice yesterday with the Nets. He went to training camp when they were out of sight of New York. They're back in Brooklyn. Uh, New York mandates. you got to have at least one COVID shot to participate in those things. He has not been vaccinated. He is not practicing. And the NBA has declared that, get this, for when you miss games, you get a reduction in pay of one, just shy of one ninety-second of your salary for each game that you miss. Uh, for, for Kyrie... That's roughly 380000 bucks every time he doesn't every play. Night. And he can't even practice yet. I find that fascinating, and I will be watching with bated breath because my son loves Kyrie Irving and is begging me to find a way to get tickets for when the Nets come to Cleveland. Now, if he hasn't practiced or played in a home game all the time and all the way up until they play in Cleveland, will he get to play in Cleveland, and will he I, choose to play in Cleveland? He hasn't really played much in Cleveland since he left. No, he has not. Um, we need to have a discussion with Micah about um, choosing role models and 
we've had that conversation <laughs> and he just grins at me with that sheepish grin and as a and, handsome young man yep, that he is and yep. says i don't know dad i just like the way he plays all right, son. That's what he says. All right. That's what he says. We're we are on a streak of four consecutive Cavs games that we've gone to to see Kyrie that he hasn't suited up. Four in a oh, row. That doesn't, that doesn't surprise me one bit. Four in a row. Doesn't surprise me one Not bit. Not at all. How about this for a stat, John? In the Mariners' 44 years of existence, have you seen this stat? No. In the Mariners, Seattle Mariners' 44 years of existence, their players have more ruptured testicles than playoff appearances. <laughs> They have had five players rupture testicles by being hit by pitches or having a ground ball come up and hit them in the boys. Then they have made playoff appearances. If you go to the water cooler tomorrow and you talk about <laughs> Kyrie Irving's vaccination over ruptured testicles, you're not allowed to listen to our show anymore. Garrett's water cooler talk just destroyed mine, and I am going to go to my office tomorrow and have a conversation with somebody about what I learned today about the 44-year-old Seattle Mariners. Five ruptured testicles. In 44 years. In 44 years. Uh, Mitch Hanniger had one a couple of years ago, and the headline, it, it's a screenshot of the headline, I think it's great, it says, <laughs> Mitch Hanniger placed on IL with horrific sounding testicle injury. As if there are unhorrific sounding <laughs> yeah. testicle injuries. Can there, be a horrific, can there be a testicle injury that doesn't sound horrific? But I don't think I want to hear it. Five. Five, five ruptured testicles. In 44 years and only four playoff appearances. Folks, if you don't tune back in tomorrow, I got no help for you. Because if that doesn't draw you back to this radio by 4 o'clock tomorrow, then you need, you mean, you just, this is what you're here for. We appreciate you so much. He's Garrett Seawright. I'm John Cook. Together we are Cookie and the Monster. And this is Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan. We will see you tomorrow.